We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talk about the, the rhythm in the ball team with 30 assists. Is that just Dante seems to be in a good rhythm the last couple of games? Is it just yeah, he, he is in a good rhythm, and the thing is, I think, the speed of the second unit helps, and uh, but also that everyone is working together. So that even if you're, you know, you, and the faster you play, the better. The you know, the more unpredictable, the better. Uh, and so, but getting the ball into the paint and then making the right reads when you get it there, instead of you know, like maybe trying to shoot it over you know two seven footers, you spraying it out, and that guy's making an extra pass. And I think once one guy starts doing it, everyone starts doing it, and then you you pick up your rhythm that way, and uh, and then you get a couple of easy baskets, but just by rebounding and getting it out quick and 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 getting up the floor quickly. If one guy's slow getting back, you're going to have a, a a great scoring opportunity. And I thought we did that. Robert Cross, the Casuals, Mr. XJ, the only hoop analytic I like. <laughs> what surprises you about the Knicks year to date, uh, Robert? I appreciate being that exclusive analytics mm. person that you can tolerate. Um, that, that means a lot to me. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. But as far as year to date, what surprises me? I mean... Uh, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, the rebounding, but you know, it's kind of fallen off of late, but I, I, I just, the defensive rebounding has been so impressive to me, um, over the course of the season. I, I'm not sure if they're number one in the NBA anymore, but they, they were for a long time and they, that would, that was a huge component. And it is a huge component to me of their defensive success. The fact that they aren't allowing second chance opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, they're ending those possessions with a rebound and the, the fact that they're getting the kind of rebounding that they're getting from the guard position, um, from wings and Josh Hart, RJ's rebounding pretty well. DiVincenzo, as we mentioned, flying all over the place, Emmanuel quickly, one of the better rebounders from, um, you know, from a one kind of combo one, two guard. I just think the rebounding has been so tremendous defensively and it's something that flies under the radar but if anyone knows the value of, of making sure that teams uh, don't get a second chances against you, it is the New York Knicks and the New York Knicks fans. And the Knicks have done that super, super well. The last few games, it hasn't been as tight as it has been over the course of the season, but that's been probably the number one surprise for me and, and the number one positive surprise for me. You got one too, DJ? Yeah, you know, I, I, I probably would say like I, as much as we've talked about like not you know, discounting more improvement, but I am surprised at the level of Brunson's three-point shooting. I didn't necessarily like 
project him to be like this, you know, 28 foot, 29 foot, three point like range, all those things. That's like, that's been surprising. Obviously, obviously he's just been, um, I'm done being surprised with him because I'm just going to expect him to keep improving, but I am probably surprised. And then on, you know, we've talked about it, but on the, on the negative side, I am surprised that Grimes has been so um, indecisive and inconsistent this year. Um, we will remain patient with him. He's part of a good lineup. He's he, he he's probably brought, brought some positive things that were not that aren't showing up in a box score. Uh, I know that's the case um, for uh, for a fact. But I mean, he needs to play better, and I'm I'm a little surprised that he hasn't uh, at least been as good as he was last year. So. But I mean, more good surprises than negative surprises for sure this year. Uh, that speaks to like how well this team has played overall. Um, you know, they've had they've had a really good start to the year. I was going to say, DJ, you were surprised that Jalen Brunson would shoot fifty percent on catch and shoot threes and forty six percent on pull up threes. That's, I, I mean, don't know why you didn't see that coming. It's strange. Listen, I'm done being surprised. He can shoot seventy percent the rest of the year. And I'm just going to be like, all right, that's that's Jalen. I mean, that's just what he does. He is. Uh, he's just like. Oh, is, you, you've mentioned you've called him a savant a few times um uh he just that's what he's just in terms of like scoring and yeah craftiness and skill i mean he's just he's he's a one of one for sure incredible appreciate yep. it robert cross thanks a lot as always david DJ, crockett that's you yes yes dj and xj on the ones and twos what yes listen last time we did this it was the clipper game last year at la and it was a miserable uh game to have to much to different down. vibe much, <laughs> much different vibe yes like this one, much much better i'm glad to have you guys on, on the post game all love go next man david crockett he's a he's a real one so i appreciate that man that is awesome uh yeah obviously filling in for macri big shoes to fill um but always fun to to do this. It's like it, I you gotta like pinch yourself every now and then as like to be able to like produce content, and be a part of like such an amazing uh, group over at KFS. I mean, it's like come on, I'm I just, I had to watch the Nick game from start to finish and then have to talk about it for uh, with all you guys. I mean, it's like it it couldn't be better, and it's an awesome community. Uh, meet guys like XJ and have a relationship with them and learn from them. It's just it's all good, and I appreciate. Uh, guys like you, David, uh, support us. It's just couldn't do it obviously without you guys. So all love back uh, to you. Absolutely. I echo all of that. DJ, uh, DC really appreciate the comment and the shout out. Um, you know, you've been so supportive over the, the amount of time that I've been a part of KFS and that's been super appreciated. And yeah, I mean, honestly, just the, the last thing I would say is that, uh, I would join KFS just to be part of the group chat. Cause the conversations <laughs> that go on there <laughs> are amazing. So the fact that we actually get to even host this, uh, post game show and, and hang out with you guys and, and, and give all our thoughts and comments. Yeah. It's a dream come true. It's awesome. But so appreciate I, it. I will lose my, not because I'm commenting, but because I'm reading all the comments, I will lose my, like I'm working. I've been nine to five and I'm like, <laughs> all right, spending five straight minutes reading. Like I missed like 10 comments and I'm just like, there's debates happening. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's all awesome stuff. And, and mostly I, I legitimately say like, I learned something new every day from that group chat and it's just, it's the coolest thing. So, um, that is like, uh, yeah, worth its weight in gold for sure. Love that. Absolutely. Appreciate it, David. Thanks a lot. 
Uh, you know who 97, very impressive performance in the second night of a back to backer. Absolutely. This W is for the lawsuit. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> I forgot about the lawsuit. Um, wait, but yeah. is this not, this is probably evidence that would, uh, w- wouldn't help the Knicks here. It would be like, yeah, these, these guys stole stuff from you. It doesn't seem like, uh, it's helping yeah. them very much. <laughs> good. Uh, you know what? That's, that's a good point. Did the Raptors lay down tonight? to further enhance their court case against the Knicks. I mean, did you just break like a conspiracy theory? I mean, listen, you don't, (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't take you as a, as a conspiracy theorist necessarily, (laughs) but I mean, that is, that's a, I don't my know. My tinfoil like hat like is off legs. of camera right now. It's off to the <laughs> yeah. side and I'm not going to pull it out because I don't want people to know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's no, a good point. The, the lawsuit. Um, I keep forgetting about it. I know Andrew um, during the, uh, the pregame show, uh, he even forgot about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's best that we forget about it. I mean, it's like whatever happens <laughs> in terms of like the, any decision that's made, it's just not, it's not the good vibes that we're going for right now. For sure. That's, that's, that's a fact. And and uh, yeah. just to just to, to put a cap on it, Stephen Bondi did tweet out: Raptors lawyers can just show this game to prove there isn't over ten million dollars in damages. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yes, yeah, the conspiracy theory is is it has some legs to it. I'm not sure. Yeah, appreciate it. You know who ninety seven. Thanks a lot for the comment. All right, Will Oliver. Thank you so much for uh, the support. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, that. DDV guy making a strong case to start. I mean, he is making a strong, his, his personal performance is worthy of starting. I mean, there's really, um, there's not much you can say about it. I mean, he performed well with the starters when he had the chance to do that. And on his merits alone, there is no doubt he has made a strong case for that. Uh, but uh, I'll just uh, throw it back to you, actually. I, you mentioned being uh, patient. Is there anything that DiVincenzo can do to sway you on like a personal performance level that even if Grimes is performing well with the starters, um, that would make you want to make a change. Like, is there anything he can do, uh, DiVincenzo to make you like, all right, we, we should probably get him more minutes, get him with the starters. That's such a good question. Uh, I haven't thought about it in those terms. I would say probably not, honestly, because Mm -hmm. it's really about getting QG going and showing that consistency and faith in him and that he's going to turn it around, continuing to have that continuity with the starting rotation and just getting his defense out there and letting him kind of, I mean, his defense hasn't been as good as it has been in past years, but, you know, kind of letting him catch up to speed. And to me, that's going to be more important for success in the playoffs Mm -hmm. than it would be the kind of just make the swap and, and Dante's playing really well right now. So let's put him out there. Like I, 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 to me, that's a little bit myopic and short-sighted. So there's not probably anything Dante can do. I would say there is, there are things that Dante can do to get more than, you know, he only played 22 minutes tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. I could totally see him play like touching near 30 minutes. If he's shooting like this, like I, you kind of, you kind of got to have him out there for 30 minutes. I feel like if he, if he's shooting yeah. this way, he's seven of, what was he? Seven of nine from three tonight. And just think so. Yeah. Shoot completely shooting his, the lights out. Uh, yeah. That I, I would get him more minutes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the switch. I don't think there's anything you can do to force my hand and, and, and kind of push him into the starting rotation. What about you? Yeah, it's, well, it's tough. I mean, the minutes thing is like quickly played 19 tonight. So it's, it's like he, wild. Yeah. Obviously he needs more. I mean, he, he needs more minutes. I mean, there's like, now, RJ only played 26. 
is you know he the guy that you ultimately start to like pull from a little bit and uh, you know if, if his performance doesn't begin to get back to where it was earlier in the year um you know josh R probably doesn't have to play 30 minutes a night even though tonight he deserved every second of those minutes uh, but on a g- generally speaking i feel like he's his minutes can come down a little bit but it's just this was the issue coming into the year in terms of like how you figure out how to play all these good players, the minutes they deserve. Uh, DiVincenzo, it's going to be, I agree. He should play more, but it's like, I, I don't know where they, it's like, how do you get they, those minutes where yeah. they come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, in this case, figure that part out. Yeah. In this case, I mean, yeah, like you said, RJ played 27 minutes. So it's not even like RJ was playing over 30 minutes. It's just, yeah. it's going to be tough to get these guys minutes. So yeah. And I, 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 I probably wouldn't, move uh DiVincenzo into the starting lineup no matter what he did at this point and there's nothing against him obviously he's doing tremendous but i would be like you know keep thriving in your role keep doing what you're doing is helping us win so you know that's Absolutely. all that matters at the end of the day yeah appreciate it will oliver thanks a lot juan han what up man uh scotty barnes is the most overrated player in the league three years from now iq will be held in higher regard Ooh. i'm curious to know your thoughts on the warriors slash trade compatibility uh salute fellas uh there was a, a lot of hot takes in here and maybe mm-hmm. not so hot takes i don't know it depends on how you look at it you, you want to attack this one first um sure i will just say i don't think scotty barnes is the most overrated player in the league, but I feel like you can, he is a eye of the beholder type player at this stage of his career, where I think you can look at him and reasonably say in three or four years, you can, he can run your offense and he can be good enough as a shooter and be a mismatch problem in the post, which is already like a strength of his, especially against wings to where he can be a initiating guy to, to run like a really good offense. I feel like you can look at him at his age and say he can get to that point. I'm more in the, in the category of like, he is a really good, like second or third option or third best player on a, on a team on a championship caliber roster. Um, I don't know if I would say IQ would be held higher in three years. I feel like you can, I feel like if you say like, all right, they're on the same tier, that's reasonable. But I feel like six, nine, seven foot wingspan, there are certain athletic advantages that is just going to give a guy that might not have like the skill level overall that IQ does like advantages on like an impact level that would be hard for IQ to, to match or exceed. So that's the the first two parts um any disagreement like where where are you with the scotty barnes experience right now as a young player uh trying to figure things out still yeah i think i'm i'm probably near where you are to me the the playmaking seems legit to me he seems like he wants to to be a playmaker he seems like he can get into the teeth of a defense and make good decisions from from that kind of position Mm -hmm. the shooting is the thing that i'm still holding out on obviously he's 22 years old so he came into the league very young he came into the league at 20. Mm -hmm. he shot 11 of 40 in college he only took 43s you know 28 percent um, his first year in the NBA on low volume, 30%. Second year on low volume, 28%. This year, he's up to like 38, 39% from three. And obviously, he was making the shots tonight. He looked like 
you know, the, the next DeMar DeRozan in the mid range as well. Like he was hitting his shots. And yeah. I just, I just don't know if I buy that yet. I would need to see a much larger sample of the shooting um, to really believe in it. I do believe in his defense as far as being a help defender, but I also think he has some weaknesses as an on ball defender. And I think we saw some of that tonight. He's not the strongest guy. He can, you know, you can get taken advantage of obviously anyone can when we're talking about the kind of Julius that we saw tonight. But at the same time, I don't feel like he really was like a stopper on Jalen Brunson either. I thought Jalen Brunson could kind of get where he wanted to go. To me, Scotty's real defensive gift is his ability to help and still uh, get back to the guy that he's defending. I think that he's so long and he's so quick and he can really recover very easily. And so he's kind of everywhere on defense. And to me, that's why he's having such an amazing impact. But I don't know. I, I do see some holes in his game. And so I'm not yeah. really sure. Like to me, I, I think you, you you really summarized it great. Kind of an eye of the beholder kind of guy. You can imagine him as like, you know, the, the number one on a championship contender if everything panned out right. Right. And I could also imagine him being like kind of a version of this, but like a lesser version of this moving forward, like for most of his career. So I'm yeah, not really I, sure on Scotty. And I'm skeptical of the shooting as well. So the, the, the long range shooting specifically, um, Need to see more of a sample, as you mentioned. And then the last uh, part of this, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the Warriors uh, trade compatibility, I assume with the Knicks. Um, you know, I haven't given it like a ton of thought. I would say that Jonathan Kaminga is always a guy that I'm going to have a level of interest in based on the fact that I feel like he and Moses, Moses Moody, uh, to be honest, are, are being underutilized and could flourish in a new scenario. Now, I don't know if the Knicks are the spot for them to flourish, if the Knicks are going to bring them into the current uh, fold with a similar roster. Uh, so I don't know if there is a, a trade uh, compatibility that makes sense for this year. But I mean, I, I just I think Kaminga as you're like, all right, you're going to be our starting power forward and we're going to play through warts and see where you where you can go. I feel like there is a a potential star level talent at that specific position. <clears throat> so I just don't think the shooting is going to be good enough to be a, a true wing. But um, do you have any Warriors trade thoughts that you've been kind of mulling about? Uh, no, nah, we're actually recently? exactly on the same page because I was okay. thinking about Kaminga's fit and it just, I think he'd be in the same kind of environment and experiencing the same dynamic that he is mm -hmm. in, in Golden State in New York. I, I just don't think it would be very different. Um, yeah. Like you said, I, I think Kaminga should go somewhere else and could really thrive if given the minutes and opportunity and 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 the leash to kind of make mistakes and, and build, but it's, it's not going to be here. No. <laughs> so so I, don't, I don't think this is the right place for him and I don't know who else the Knicks would target from from the Warriors. So um, I, I would like it if we could get a, a young player from them. And I think that they, the Warriors do have to choose their window. I think they've been doing this two windows thing for a while and we're seeing that it's, it's, it's it doesn't seem to be going well. So yeah. I think they do have to make a choice and I think they're going to be buyers at some point, but I'm not sure I see the perfect fit and opportunity with New York right now. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Appreciate Juana. the Appreciate comment, Juanan. Thanks a lot. All right, Jordan Jones, thank you so much. Let RJ and IQ finish the game. Um, hmm. All right, well, I don't think, you know, this wasn't like their best performance, either one of them. Uh, I think other guys played uh, better. Um, I also don't think this was the game where the closing unit, I don't want to say, I wasn't like, all right, who's going to close this game? That was pretty much wrapped up around like the four or five minute mark. Like I felt really confident where this game was going. Um, you know, RJ just didn't have it 
after that first, I mentioned the, the burst in the first few minutes of the game beyond that, it just wasn't like a good performance for him to be quite frank. And then it just wasn't like a great IQ game either. Not because he played badly. It just wasn't, there were other guys that sort of were you know, had it going and there are going to be games where, you know, shots are going to, you know, Josh Hart's going to take more shots because he's making every three pointer and DiVincenzo is going to take a ton of three. So that's going to leave a little less for IQ to, 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 um, to have in terms of the usage. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but did you feel like the closing of that game uh, with RJ and IQ not being in there was a issue one way or the other? No, I didn't think it was too much of an issue. I think, I mean, I think it might there there could be something to the fact of just riding with those guys and 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 kind of instilling confidence at the end or something like that. But like as far as I, I really agreed with you as far as just the game fell over to me around the four or five minute mark and I didn't really care who was in there. Um, I, I felt like the Knicks had the momentum. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel through. I didn't feel like the Raptors had what it would take to, to really threaten a comeback because it would have taken some three point shooting at that point and they right. did not show that they could shoot the ball tonight. Um, yeah. And d- they really don't have any uh, self creators of three point shots. And so that's what mm, I would have been worried about. Yeah. yeah, yeah Barnes is a good interior passer, but it doesn't feel like he is generating like the Luca passes to the perimeter because he's exactly. breaking a defense down. Yeah. You're that's good observation. I didn't really, I didn't think of it in those terms. Uh, that's probably why they are, you know, a poor half court team that really needs to get out and transition to generate like decent offense. Yep, exactly. So that's that's why I didn't really feel threatened by it because I'm like, they can't really kill you or beat you in the half court. So they're going to have to get out and run. And the Knicks, you know, the Knicks knew that. And all they had to do was get back and and play solid defense. So I didn't really care who finished too much. But um, I, I did think IQ, I thought IQ was was okay tonight. I thought it was, it was a little bit of an uneven performance. I thought he passed up some shots where he wasn't as aggressive as he could have been. But I also thought he really did well in the pick and roll and was like really showing a control and command end of the pick and roll and, and made some really good passes. One, he made like a really great pocket pass, super quick pass to Hartenstein on a roll. I think Hartenstein mm-hmm. dropped it or fumbled it or something like that. Um, and he got to his spots a couple of times and drew some fouls. So I thought it was an okay quickly game. I didn't think he played enough really to get into a rhythm. I think he played 10 minutes in the first half and then yeah. played only nine minutes in the second half. So, um, you know, I think quickly is a guy who probably needs to get a, a few more reps to get going, but you know, it's the minute stuff is it's tough. It's tough. It's tough with, mm-hmm. with all the guards and wings that they have. So it's going to be a, a yeah. theme throughout the year, as long as nobody's getting injured, which is, yeah. you know, a good problem to have. Good problem to have. Absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. Yes, Thank you, Jordan. Chris Carter, what up? Uh, that might have been Jew's best game of the year, considering all the passes and floor reads that he was making. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, DJ. Yeah, I mean, we yeah we've talked about it. It's like I think that's a great summation of his performance. It wasn't the you know the scoring or the efficiency. Um, a three point shot uh, we mentioned it's still a work in progress. Uh, did make one after he came, he had a long rest and first shot made a three, which I did not think was going in based on same here sitting, <laughs> sitting on the bench for so long, right? Um, but it's just it, to me this was all about the passing and like the um, the fact that when the Raptors didn't show help, he was able to take advantage of that, and it was just he had it going in a way that it was. It's so it's like it's very apparent when he knows he has an advantage. And I talked about it, you know, in reference to game five against Cleveland um, last uh, playoffs where he just decided that, all right, I'm not going to take 
three pointers. I'm going through Mobley on every single play. And this was a similar situation where he just didn't have any, there was no fear. This was, he can get to every spot and just, he made, I think he had two turnovers the entire game. Uh, and at one point he had like a six assists, zero turnover performance, had a couple late phenomenal. Just can't. And I agree. It's just, this was the best overall game of his, uh, season. So awesome more. And I, I, I just, I, I just hope he keeps building on it. Keep building on it, Drew. Thank Appreciate you, Chris. it, Chris. Thanks a lot. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. Going into this season, I decided it was time to make a change. My digestion didn't feel its best. I felt sluggish, stressed, didn't feel as focused, and knew I needed to do something different. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, and I hated taking pills or vitamins. Well, when I started drinking AG1 daily, not only could I see a difference in my daily health, but I finally had energy and noticed how much more relaxed and focused I was. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs such as gut optimization stress management and immune support since 2010 ag1 has led the future of foundational nutrition continuously refining their formula to create a smarter better way to evaluate your baseline health fun fact i recommended ag1 to all my friends family and mrs claudio we drink ag1 first thing in the morning to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day there's no debate ag AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, is that is that you, DJ? Yes. Matt X Figs, thank you so much uh, for um, the contribution here. Kiss playing their last shows at MSG and Nick's basically winning lawsuits in the same night. Went from garden of memes to covering the spread nightly um so i don't is this uh this might be breaking news for me is kiss retiring are they playing their 
last shows at the garden as dude, we speak. Dude, I'm the worst person to ask about this. I, am, I have no clue. Listen, <laughs> I barely I am, know who Kiss is, to be honest with you. You, you know, who, but you know who they are, though, right? No, I know who they are. Okay. Barely, that's a, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but okay, I'm okay. definitely not going to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a, it, it's really interesting. I just think it's so funny that um, so many uh, other teams fans are always like so surprised at the fact that MSG is known for so much more than the Knicks. <laughs> so many people and, and, and huge artists, uh, you know, perform there so consistently. But to be honest, I know nothing about mo- most of them. Uh, yeah. But that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's a funny when people are like, why is it the Mecca, you know, the Knicks have, you know, they haven't won a, a title since whatever <laughs> it's based on other things. Like that is a special arena, not just because of the Knicks. So that, that's, it's a good point. But if this is kiss uh, wrapping things up, hell of a career, I'm not a, I would not consider myself a kiss fan, but you know, they've been going strong for, for many years. So um, shout out to them, I guess. Shout out to Kiss. Appreciate it, Matt. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dom Cappuccini, another one. Appreciate you so much, Dom. Thanks a lot. My opinion on start Dante topic. All right. Until we are having a real bad losing streak and Grimes is a culprit, I am ride or die on Grimes. Don't mess with the starting lineup if it's not broken. Great W. Keep it going in in-season tournament. And uh, it, it, do we have another one, J- JP on Dom? We, we could read both of them. Do you want to grab that one, DJ? Yeah. Um, shout out to John on a 3-0 week. Um, so that's Macri, I presume. So he is uh, going 3-0 this week. Awesome job from him. I love the call. I love the outcome. I can't wait for John and Jeremy on Monday. Let's go next. I too can't wait for John and Jeremy on Monday. That is uh, always appointment viewing, listening uh, for me, and I'm sure uh, you, XJ. So Macri with a 3-0 week. That is, uh, that's a pretty good call out of, out of him. Uh, yeah, so know, I, I, he, he yeah. that's a huge call because he assumed that this is the game I would have thought the Knicks would lose, and obviously yeah. they weren't. They were the underdogs in this game. Um, you know, I, I imagine probably a hundred percent of people betting would would have chose the the Knicks to beat the Pistons, but this mm-hmm. on a back to back, a tough Toronto team that is way more rested than you are at on the road. Whew, that's a tough call by John. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good call. Um, but yeah, appreciate Dom so much for all of the the comments throughout and 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 everything you've said and all the support that you've given. Um, yeah, yeah, I I, I, we, I do want to cover his um, start Dante point where basically yep. he said he's ride or die Grimes, um, ride or die Grimes until Grimes at least seems like he's the culprit and costing us a game. And and I agree with that. And to me, I would I would even go further. I would say I'm ride or die Grimes until 45 to 50 games into the season, no matter what happens. So even if Grimes causes us to lose game unless you know obviously unless it's something egregious um at this stage grimes is playing like 20 minutes um you know i think i think i would just keep him in there and just 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 rock with him so i'm i'm, I'm really on your side with it dom thank you dom sam garcia thank you so much for the contribution the nova nick closing lineup is lethal 
So yeah, this is this the is this the next version of the death lineup? XJ, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, the Nova Knicks uh, closing lineup. I'm not sure yeah. if it's quite death lineup <laughs> level, but it's, it's not Igudala, you know, Durant. <laughs> yeah, that's Curry, right. Draymond. It's not Clay, quite it's not that. Not quite there, but um, okay. it's it, it may be the Knicks version of it, though. Yeah. It may be the Knicks version of it. I mean, to me, my my favorite lineup is the second unit lineup, the the quickly Divincenzo, Hart, RJ, and Hardenstein. I love that lineup when they get out there. You know, they're flying all over the court. The defense defense is tight. Um, the ball is moving, uh, you know, both quickly and DiVincenzo handle it. RJ can mm-hmm. handle it. They, they're just all over the place. And I love that lineup. I love the pace that they play with. Um, I love that they they all kind of play off of one another. So that's kind of my favorite lineup. But, you know, this one, the, the Nova Knicks lineup may rival that one just based on sheer uh, talent of having a guy like Jalen Brunson involved. So um, super, super, super lethal lineup for sure. So many different um, variations this team has with the amount of just like good depth. You can just interchange and yeah, you said it. It's a good problem, right? Good problem to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Sam Garcia. Thank you. Kevin Danishevsky, downside concerned about RJ, bad since return. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it and we, we, you know, both DJ and I, it sounds like we're both on the same page as being like mildly concerned, but wanting to give it more time to see, you know, what the, what the bounce back is going to look like. Um, you know, like we talked about, it's just, to me, it's not even the three point shooting. I think, you know, both DJ and I said we would, we'd be happy enough with like a 36% three point shooting year, which I think uh, RJ is absolutely capable of, but it's just wanting to continue to see the defensive effort, um, wanting to continue to see the defensive, uh, uh, attention and focus, especially when he's off the ball yep. and, and just wanting to continue to see the decision-making be, be really good. So as long as he can keep those things up, I, you know, we know the shooting is going to kind of come down to earth a little bit. We'll see where it ends up. But to me, it's all those other kind of intangible things that RJ needs to do that, that I believe he can do. And that, you know, I, I think we'll see him continue to do. So I'm not super concerned yet. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, the one thing I will just say, I'm hoping uh, that, you know, a guy that has changed his shooting form several times since high school, he sticks with these changes that he made during the offseason and just rides it. Uh, we've talked about patience with Quentin Grimes, hoping RJ and his trainer and his whole infrastructure in terms of like the guy, the people that influence him outside the Knicks organization um, and the Knicks organization themselves continue to support him because when you change your form, that is not automatically going to bear fruit. It may take some fits and starts. So I just hope for his sake, he continues to just roll with it and let it have the season. And then you can maybe adjust and, and figure out where you are at that point. Um, still too small sample to be, you know, one way or the other, but I think there's been enough positive to say, keep it going. Um, pretty significant changes. Uh, so it's, it's maybe going to take some time to really be like at a, you know, a, a true comfort level to where he's, he's more consistent with it, but, um, pretty confident he's going to be at least a league average guy, you know, as you mentioned, 35, 36 from three. Yep. On the Thank same you, page. Kevin. Thanks a lot, Kev. Thanks a lot. I think that's Robert you, Cross. Right yes. ITLT. Um, help me out. Uh, K- KFS. Um, 
I was going to say first time, long time, but first time long. Oh, so it is. I thought it was a I, but I thought it was, <laughs> it's supposed to be a one Robert. You're, you're, you're throwing us off here. <laughs> first time, long time. KFS <laughs> Robert cross. Definitely not your first uh, uh, time here. You are uh, as big a supporter as we have. I appreciate you as always. I saw DeRozan Nick's uh, trade rumors today and don't want to ever see him again. Hashtag 53 wins. <laughs> Speaking of the group chat, that was a topic of the, one of the topics of the day. Um, XJ, you want to take that one? Where, where, where are you with the uh, DeRozan Knicks? He prefers, so he has the Knicks on the destination list. So stars want to come here. They want to, they want to be, they want to be in the Knicks with the Knicks. Yeah, I, I think I think you're <laughs> you're you're carrying a little water for DeRozan calling him a star at this point. I'm not sure. I mean, he's 34. Yeah, I'm, being, uh, yeah, I'm a little tongue in cheek there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah. I I I mean, I think for me, it is. I don't want DeMar DeRozan. I said I would go as far as to say I wouldn't probably take him for free at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd honestly rather play the guys that we have in the rotation over DeMar DeRozan. Just the shooting's not going to be there. He's not going to space the court. He's going to kind of want to operate in similar places to our other best players as 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 multiple people have, have pointed out. So it's just mm-hmm. not really the right fit. And, and honestly, last year he was a pretty good defender. This year he's been awful defensively. Like anytime I've watched some of the Bulls games, don't ask me why I'm watching Bulls games. I know um, why. You know Caruso. why? Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso. That love guy that is dude. a monster. I love yeah. Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> you knew exactly why I'm watching Bulls I, I know exactly games. why you watch. I know you well. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, he, he's a phenomenal player. So I, I, I too yeah. watched the Bulls partly because of, of him. He's just as good as he gets on the ball. As, as as good as Caruso is as an yeah. on-ball perimeter defender is how bad DeRozan has been this season. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to be like that, like for the rest of his career. I don't think he's necessarily done, but not a fit for the Knicks right now. And I, I think we yeah. just needed a completely different type of archetype of player coming in if we're, we're trading for someone. Yeah. I mean, I just echo everything you said. It's just, it's just not the right fit, not the right time. Um, Still a good player. Uh, you're right. He's on a star level at this point. Um, you know, things have, uh, you know, the, things are starting to get a little creaky for him. On uh, maybe the, the defensive end is where it's really coming. It's fallen off for him pretty quickly. Uh, but he's going to help probably some team. I'm sure you can find a contending team that can use his shot making, uh, especially at late clocks. Uh, uh, maybe even to close games where you have that limitation, but not for the Knicks. Um, can help someone else for sure, though. Absolutely. Good question, Robert Cross. Thanks a lot. Another Robert Cross. It's the holiday season. What is y'all's favorite holiday movie? Mine (laughs) is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Hashtag 53 wins. DJ, I'm going to let you take this because like I am, I am a... I'm a Grinch. Like I don't Ooh. care for. I don't really care for the holidays or anything like that. Like I just is whatever to me, honestly. Like I, what I like about it is that during my day job, everybody takes off, so nobody bothers me with emails like that. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> thing about the holiday season. I'm, I'm sure you're. I'm, you, you're a much more well-rounded guy than I am. Uh, so I I'm sure that. you got something. <laughs> listen, well, listen, I, I didn't. I mean, I am talking to the literal Grinch. That is like uh, my kids <laughs> actually were watching that today, um, right before. <laughs> the next game went on that was the movie they had selected for their friday movie night so that is a uh, it's pretty funny uh, uh timing there but um to answer robert's question you know i do have i can give you probably a top 20 list but i will spare you that and just wow. say 
My favorite all-time Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. Um, I, I'm not going to expect you to know that is the Shoot Your Eye Out Kid movie. I Ralphie. do know that one. That's actually you do one know that. I do know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a classic. And I will say uh, another one that is like moving into that uh, tier as a and and at that level is the Will Ferrell Elf um, film, which I think is just a perfect holiday movie and probably my second favorite. So those are two good ones. Uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas is a obviously classic and we'll watch that every year um, as well. So I am, you know, I am into all this stuff. So maybe Robert and I can um, <laughs> off camera, off, uh, off mic and talk about our favorites and sort of like go back and forth. But um, didn't know, I, I didn't know you were more on the, on the Grinch side of things. Nah, uh, I'm on the Grinch side, I, squarely on the Grinch side. When actually it's a, a funny thing about Elf, a super quick story is that uh, yeah. when it came out, um, I went to the movies with my dad to see something else. You know, I, I was like 12 or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you know, we should sneak into this other, this other theater to watch elf and get a little twofer going. You know, yeah. that's the, my dad kind of thing to do. <laughs> and, uh, we go and I'm just like, this movie's so boring. I don't care about this at all. I didn't think it was funny, but there was a grown adult in front of us, maybe like a 45 yeah. year old man who is laughing hysterically at everything that was happening during the movie. <laughs> and I was sitting there as this 12 year old behind him just like what is what are we watching can we get out of here dad like oh my, I'm, I, I'm not i have this. i have this image in my head of you doing this and like i appreciate the picture you painted because i it's like i can <laughs> i can clearly see you like mocking it and making fun of it and nudging your dad to like get you out of that theater as quick as possible so that's that's awesome but yeah, i think verbatim that's what i said can you get me out of here as soon as possible? yeah it was it, <laughs> it was a show but thanks for the question robert thank you robert <laughs> It's so funny. Jostle Focus, thank you so much for uh, the support. I uh, really appreciate all you guys um, tonight. Uh, did we just both, did we just see both last year and new RJ tonight? <laughs> um, yeah, kind of, right? We saw like the first few minutes where like it was the aggressive attacking, you know, smart, um, you know, reading the floor, you know, not forcing things, RJ. And then we saw you know, the last year version of like missing open threes, driving into the teeth of the, the defense getting into really uncomfortable positions where he's either going to have to bail out pass or just kind of get up a really inefficient look. Um, probably more of the last year, RJ, if we're going to be completely honest, uh, but not going to, as we've talked about, be too concerned right now, but I am just, it's just, it's my radar. And I, it sounds like yours is too. Um, actually our radars are up to see where this is, where this is going because we just had, we've had so many stops and starts for RJ over his career to be completely buying into any progress. If it's not going to be a large sample size. So we'll see. We're so, you know, obviously, you know, maybe the migraine did throw him off and just upset his rhythm, but you would think at this stage, you know, that wouldn't be so disruptive, but we'll see, um, you know, anything else to add on the, the seeing the, you know, two, two side, the Jekyll and Hyde of RJ, so to speak tonight. Nah, that the only thing, I yeah. mean, I, I echo everything you said. The only thing I would say is that <laughs> Ja, I, I did write in my notes verbatim, RJ kind of looking like last year, RJ. <laughs> so I, I don't want to so come true. on here and say it, but I mean, yeah, yeah it, it, it was a little bit of uh, a little bit of both, but I, I don't think he's reverting back to that guy yet. So I'm not, not, yeah. I'm not panicking yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see moving forward, but appreciate the comment, Ja. Another from the big dog, Robert W. Cross. My first 
concert was the Jackson's Victory Tour in Giant Stadium. I've got soul and I'm super bad. <laughs> Hashtag 53 wins. I love that. Actually, uh, man, I don't actually... I don't, can I say this? Is this PC to say that my favorite artist is Michael Jackson? I don't know. Is that okay? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, it's, I, fine. I, I lo- it's fine. I love Michael Jackson. He's my favorite artist like of all time. Yeah. So I am I'm everything Jackson's five, everything Michael Jackson, the bad album's my favorite album ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge <clears> fan, so I, I can appreciate that yeah i mean a, a musical genius and to see them at giant stadium is a pretty i mean that is a legit first concert um my first concert was limp biscuit in connecticut at a dirty bar at some like <laughs> dive place um the one of the worst experiences of my life uh just a terrible i mean everything about it was just tragic and they ended up being like for a stretch the most popular band in america and this was like a couple years before they or a year oh that's hilarious really but i stuck into a bar as like a a young kid and thought i was like awesome and realized i was like out of my over my skis there but um that was my first concert uh experience definitely not the you know uh the jackson's victory tour at giant stadium that's a pretty awesome uh first show Uh, i did see springsteen at giant stadium which was uh pretty cool but um you know, that's the, the old giant stadium. There's some, there's only been a few like artists that can really say they, you know, sold out that, or that building, um, that old monstrosity at the Meadowlands. So pretty cool, uh, Robert, that you were able to see, uh, greatest artists, uh, one of the greatest artists of all time, um, there. So that's pretty awesome. And Robert, you do have soul. <laughs> you do have soul, Robert, Robert getting all of our, our personal entertainment takes out of yes. us tonight. So that's, <laughs> appreciate the, the, the shakeup from, from yes. the Nick stock, but, um, thanks a lot. Thanks again, Robert, as always. And Abadule Diallo three years ago, the Knicks were twerking for Masai. Thank God we didn't hire him. Mm-hmm. I won't how differently he's perceived or I wonder how differently he's perceived if Kawhi doesn't fall into his lap. DJ, do you want to take this one? I think this is our last super chat too, by the way. Do you want to, yeah. you want to grab this one first? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the Masai to the Knicks was like, it felt like it was just on the verge of happening. It was only a matter of when his resume, if you take out the Kawhi, trade, which I don't think is totally fair to just take that off his resume. Um, because I don't, I think that trade is probably a little bit harder to pull off because of where, how DeRozan was thought of. And the fact that you were basically getting a rental, that's not like a easy trade to make, but he does have a reputation, um, whether it's earned or not to be a guy that's only going to make a trade if he's going to win the trade by, you know, a significant margin. And that it clearly as, hamstrung uh this roster and he just hasn't seemed to be building uh you know it's not like this team doesn't have good young pieces but it, it, there doesn't there seem like directionless for a long time and maybe they are finally you know figuring out this is going to be a scotty barnes and companies uh look for this team going forward and they're going to you know sort of like build it through him uh, we'll see, but it's been a shaky run for him for sure since the you know the nineteen finals and getting Kawhi and all that. So I can't really deny that. And I think the Knicks are probably like in you know I don't. It's hard to know the you know what would have happened. Um, you know, comparing it to something that obviously that uh, didn't end up occurring. But I feel like the Knicks are in a good spot in their front office, and you know I feel co- confident in what their direction is. You know, Leon Rose and company, and you know Masai has been a little bit up and down. That's can't really, I, I got, got to call a spade a spade there, you know? 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think that it's really an uneven performance by Masai, and and I wasn't one of the people who you know was really obsessed with him bringing him on board. I'm super glad with how things ended up. I just think when you're so desperate, or or you know, I, strategically, I'm th- I'm sure is how he's thinking about it that he's not going to lose a trade that you're willing to let guys with a ton of value just walk. I think yeah. that's going too far, and to me, it, I I would throw a fit if we had a guy like Fred Van Vliet and didn't resign him and we're just like, we're not getting what we want in a trade for him. So he's just going to walk for free. Like I, I, to me, that is just bad business. Um, maybe it's yeah. like he, he, he thinks of it as like a long-term play. I'll show people that I'm willing to walk away no matter what the consequences are. Even if I lo- I'm willing to lose a guy for free, uh, for nothing. Um, you know, I, I, I just doesn't seem like a good strategy to me. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, up and down and I'm, I'm happy with where the Knicks ended up. So I agree with you. Um, that was our, uh, I think that was our last one. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate that. Um, next day, always fun doing this with you. Um, hope we do it again. Um, before the, we wrap up, why don't you, uh, close us out, um, as our closer and, uh, say goodbye <laughs> to everyone. Uh, appreciate yeah. it, DJ. Yeah. Super fun yes. doing this with you, DJ, as always, uh, hope to do it again. Thank you all for being with us. I can't believe we did a two hour post game stream on really? film school. That's really <laughs> sick. Unbelievable. It is midnight Eastern time right <laughs> now. Is- oh my God. <laughs> midnight on the dot Eastern time. Thank you for everyone who is with us. Uh, as the prompt says, please like this video, subscribe to our channel. Uh, anything you want to do, leave a five-star rating. All that stuff really helps us build things and, and lets DJ and I know that we're doing a good job on this post game, filling in for yours truly, Jonathan Macri. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for having us and thanks for all the support. DJ, love doing this with you. Uh, see you next yeah, time, man. my friend. See you later. Thank you, guys. Shout out APJP. Appreciate you guys. You holding it down, man. Sir, thank you. <laughs>